Hey, have you ever wondered how the ultra-wealthy grow their real estate portfolio so fast and furious? Have you ever heard of the infinite banking concept? Learn how you can become your own bank and build out your own real estate portfolio like the pros, like the ultra-wealthy. Call Ed Knezovich or Ryan Miller at Next Level Continuing Education at 614-648-2440. Learn how to purchase investment real estate without spending a dollar of your own capital through Next Level Continuing Education. 614-648-2440. Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time, the C-Suite Forum, and sitting next to me is a an innovator in the industry of the title world, John Dyer, CEO of Nova Title. How you doing, John? I'm good, Peter. How are you? Welcome to Blood Time. This Thank season. you. I'm, I'm excited to be on. I've, I know a lot of people that have been on this podcast, and I've listened to it, and it's always uh, very interesting. I was thinking about being on the other day. Okay. And you got, when you were talking to Michael Goldberg, yes. I was interested in Beachwood Wrestling in the <laughs> 70s. I don't know why. I didn't know That's who these wild. guys were, That's but it was, it was compelling. Sure. And I know you guys both, so that made it easier probably. But, yeah, uh, yeah. So there's always something interesting there. Well, Goldberg is def definitely one of our top five favorite in interviews, and he's one of my top five favorite people on the planet. Yep, so yep. it was kind of kind of easy to do that. And you're from U.S., right? You graduated from yeah, U.S.? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Cleveland, and okay. I went to university school on the east side. Nice. And uh, then, you know, went away to college and came back and worked for a couple of years, and I went to, to Cleveland Marshall College of Law down at Cleveland sure. State. Sure, So I, I, I tell people, yeah, I went to an expensive high school, expensive college, and a cheap law school, I and I got it. the most out of the cheap law school because I paid for it myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, too, because I've, I've interviewed a few guys that went to law school, obviously, and... I, I've off off air. We never really talked about that, but off air, they said that they've seen more CSU graduates knock the heck out of you know well, attorneys that graduated. Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's it's both ways, but it's interesting how that happens, right? Well, I mean, you know, the, it's it's one of those things where you know there there's an old joke <clears throat> about lawyers, right? In law school, A students become professors, <laughs> B students become lawyers, C students become millionaires. <laughs> Now, I wasn't a C student. I'm not a millionaire, but <laughs> yeah, you know, there's something to that. Sure. So there are plenty of lawyers and plenty of people that you would know necessarily are lawyers. So, you know, so I sell title insurance. So I know a handful of realtors that are yeah. attorneys. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't necessarily use it every day. Okay, but they do use it. Okay, and it maybe sets them a little bit apart from sure. their competition. Well, it's good because and you know training. contract law. You know, yeah. you know the whole. You know your way around it. Plus, right, C students hire B and A students. Yeah, I mean, at times, <laughs> exactly and so that's right, that's yeah. something I've never forgotten it's fun and uh yeah so that's great so you you you, you come out of uh, cleveland state with a law degree and do you have any idea what you're going to do with it so you know when i went in i i always wanted to go to law school from okay. the time i was a little kid okay i used to tell my my parents that i wanted to be a quarterback and a, and a lawyer i love okay. it okay were, so, were you the quarterback uh, no, okay. <laughs> I was not. I was not a good athlete, not a good okay. football player. All right, that's uh, I did okay. play football, but I was not a good football player. Yeah, we were talking off air about Carmen Alacqua and Ron Such, who obviously in certain, Ronnie Such did a phenomenal job in your industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, and, and I was fortunate enough to play with like Jason Garrett, who is the head coach sure. of the Dallas Cowboys, now sure. he's offensive coordinator for the Giants. And, you right. know, I played football with him in high school. And yeah. there were a lot of great athletes that came through U.S. during and, that and period of time. And tremendous business people. Yeah, yeah in, I mean, you know, indeed. I, I, and yeah. so, 
So the way you I got to be a lawyer. Yeah. So I wanted to be a lawyer, yeah. and I did become a lawyer. And and I when I started law school, you know, it was so different then because it was right. so much less expensive. Yeah. I mean, the reason I could pay for it is because I saved money from my first two years of working, my first first year of law school. I lived at home. Last two years, I, you know, just worked 20, 30, 40 hours a week, whatever, as a sure. clerk. And then I would work Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Wednesday, and that, Friday. That was a lot of, a lot of people did clerking. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so it was yeah. a, it was a way to make money. And sure. you could really, you know, if you had a, a good summer gig and you hustled during the school year and your expenses were low, which I had all those things, yeah. you could pay out of cash flow and some loans, but not huge loans. Yeah. You could pay for your law school. Yeah, I went to Capital. Mm-hmm. And I coached at Reynoldsburg High School. Okay. You know, so I, I know, I remember that, that check from Reynoldsburg went to Capital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And so, uh, you know, I don't know that you can necessarily do that these days. So right. it's a little bit tough. I mean, it's a sure. lot tougher for kids. So yeah. I, I feel for yeah. young people that are, you know, in a position where they have to take on this massive debt. I mean, that's a, that's a situation that's got to get squared up somehow right. because it really, it, it's like having a mortgage payment with no house, I know. you know, so... Um, that's probably a conversation for another time, but yep. so after, so my intention was not to practice law, okay. but then I started clerking for a small litigation firm in downtown Cleveland okay. and I really enjoyed it. And I really got into the concept of being a litigator and trying cases. And so I really wanted to pursue that. And sure. so I really focused on that when I got out of law school and I, I took a position as an associate with a, f- a small firm called Stafford and Associates. So it was yeah. Joe Stafford was sure. the partner. Yeah, Joe, Joe, uh, uh, Vince Stafford was they, his brother. Uh, defer- one of them was a uh, a d- divorce lawyer? They do. They do a lot. We did a lot of domestic relations. And they were well relations. known yeah. as that. Yeah. yeah. So Joe really made a name for himself. And then yeah. he, his younger brother, Vince, was my friend from law school. Vince okay. was a year ahead of me in law school. So he he was the first guy into the firm. So then it was Joe and Vince. Gotcha. And then the next year, I passed the bar. So it was me, Joe, and Vince. Wow. And it was great because, you know, I got sworn in as a lawyer on a Monday. Uh-huh. Thursday night, I was taking a deposition at the courthouse. Wow. And the next week, I was in a, a hearing wow. in domestic relations court. So you're in it, man. So, yeah. So talk <laughs> yeah. about, you know, baptism by fire. And as sure. Joe used to say, and, you know, one of the things we want to talk about, I guess, is mentors and things yes. like that. So Joe, you, yeah. so Joe was a definite mentor mm-hmm. in the sense that he set the bar extraordinarily high on okay. a, a level of skill, okay. commitment, uh, commitment to the client, <clears throat> right. commitment to doing what's right, regardless of whether the client was going to pay you or not. Okay. And he's very successful. Sure. But what people don't know about Joe is it didn't matter to him whether the client was going to pay him a lot of money or not. Once he takes a case, and he doesn't take every case, but once he takes a case, he's in it wow. to the end. Right. And if he knows that if he is going to have to spend three more hours negotiating to get some small amount of money, less than what his rate is, and he knows the person's never going to be able to pay, right. he'll do that right. because that's the negotiation. That's the job that day sure. is to get sure. the best result for that client. Sure. And and it put him in a situation where he was working a ton of hours. Okay. And, you know, we, I used to say, so I worked there for about seven years. And when I left, I would say to people, if we collected everything we build, we'd all be on an island somewhere. Of course, because we we build so much. Now yeah. we didn't always get paid, and so right. you know maybe we need to learn something about the business side. Sure. But you can't have that commitment to the client, and you're not going to get paid 100 percent of the time. Right. So a lot of lawyers would take on a case, and I'm not and I'm not faulting them. They're probably a lot smarter than we were or than I was anyway. That you take on a case, and as soon as retainer was to zero, you know you. 
you got to replenish the retainer. If you can't, yeah. they get out of the case. Right. We would have cases where, you know, it was clear we weren't going to get paid to the end. And sometimes we would never get paid because the f client could yeah. file bankruptcy or, you sure. know, yep. where you try to, you know, and suing your clients isn't really good business. So, no. No. so I ended up, so I really learned a lot from Joe during the course of my practice. Okay. And so I tried, I did what I wanted to do practicing law. I did a lot of trial work, um, tried cases in bankruptcy case, civil sure. cases, some criminal cases, only a couple, but some criminal cases, yeah. uh, a ton of domestic relations, probate litigation. So yeah. I did a lot of litigation sure. with a lot of money so on the really line. So you really got a, a good swath of understanding I, of the I industry. did. Yeah, I yeah. did. Plus, you know, I did all, all, not all, but a lot of our appellate work and a lot of our appellate arguments. Okay. So I try. I, um, so you really had to dig in with that. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's where it's not, not quite right. Well, it's, and, appellate cases are very interesting. It's very, um, it's, it's really thrilling from an intellectual standpoint. Could you just imagine? And you're standing there, you have three judges up on this huge banquette usually. Sure. You know, and they're like seven, eight feet above you looking down at you. Yeah. And you have, you know, 10 minutes and then some rebuttal. So the first time I did it, I said, may it please the court. Said, My name is John Dyer, bar number, ba ba ba. We are here in the matter of, you know, Smith and Jones. And, and then, boom, the arrows start coming at me. Yes. You know, what yeah. about this? Yeah. Argument seven. <laughs> just, Why did you say that? Yeah. Isn't that wrong? You're just you didn't being... cite that. And you're like, holy mackerel. Like, yeah. I got my script. That's right. I'm reading my script. That's right. And you realize quickly Forget how to do it. it. Yep. You got to get in and out of your arguments. You got to yeah. get everything in. Yeah. You only have so much time. You sure. need to save some time for rebuttal. So it's an incredible challenge. Yeah intellectually. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. And I did that all over the state um, wow. because we would take cases from different places and sure, mostly in Northeastern Ohio, but sometimes in Southern Ohio. Right. And you walk into a court and you know, you don't know who these appellate judges are. I mean, in, in Cuyahoga County, the eighth district court of appeals, we pretty much knew the judges. Right. And I, one time I was in an oral argument and the lawyer sitting across from me, you know, you don't, I didn't know the panel until they came out. Okay. So the panel comes out and it was like murders row for me, because it was all these judges that did not like us oh or gosh. our firm. So I just leaned over the table and I said to the other lawyer, I said, you're, you're going to win. You're going to win your appeal. And he's like, don't mess with me, John. Don't mess with me. I'm like, I'm just telling, I'm you, telling you, you're going to win. That's and he won. Wow. He wow. won. That is something. So, you know, just because of a lot of history with sure. those judges from a variety of, of places. But so from Joe. What did you learn from that? You know, I, I learned from Joe the really the importance of the commitment to the job, okay. the amount of work it takes. Sure. You know, the work ethic. Right. And <clears throat> he taught me a lot about about how to craft and put together a case. Yeah. And how to read people. Because yeah. really a lot of it is all about, you know, a lot of it is negotiation. Sure. So you have to know who's got the leverage. That's the thing about law leverage. school. People don't realize it. It's all about teaching you how it's really teaching you negotiation because that's yeah. really ninety eight percent of it. 2% of it's being in front of a jury or being in front of a judge or being in front of a appellate, even if you're a litigator. Absolutely. Right? I, mean, I mean, nine out of 10 cases settle. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it's just too expensive. People to don't think that because case. they see it on TV or movies. Yeah. It is literally 98% just settle, you know? Yeah. So it's all about backroom deals. And especially now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so one of the things I learned from Joe that I still think about today is if you're prepared. Yeah. You're in, you have the better negotiating position. Sure. And if you're not afraid of trying a case, so there's lots right. of lawyers out there. They don't want to try a case. Yeah. 
It's yeah. too stressful. Sure. It's too hard. It's hard. They don't yeah. want to sit home on Sunday yeah, going through their files. Sure. You know, ordering their exhibits. So there's your leverage, right? That's part of it. Yeah. That's part yeah. of it. And Joe used to say, you know, this is where the hours pay off. This is where working every Saturday pays off. This sure. is where the late nights pay off. Because we 10,000 hours, man. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah and then we got yeah. the stamina. We got or the 100,000 hours when I mean, it comes to Joe. <laughs> I, I, re I remember talking to this one lawyer and I was walking across the street to the courthouse and he's a buddy from law school. And he's yeah. like, what do you got going today? And I yeah. said, well... I, I submitted a, a brief in the Court of Appeals this morning. Sure. I finished a trial, and I'm going over at 1.30 to start a, another trial. And, and then I got to you know, get ready for a bankruptcy trial next week. I got to submit my trial brief. And he said, that's more work than I've done this month. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing about, you okay. know, well, that's what we hear, you know, when I interview these phenomenal athletes, mm -hmm. work ethic. Yeah. I mean, they just outwork people. I mean, I, mem yep. I remember interviewing Barry Broom. A wrestler from John Carroll, he says he walked into this first job. He says, I'm, I'm more prepared than any because I'm going to outwork anyone here in this, yeah. in this, in this work, you know, and he got the job, you uh -huh. know what I mean? So I hear what you're saying. And, you know, it's interesting too. I want to circle back a little bit about us because what an incredible foundation if you take advantage of it. Yeah. Right. I mean, the people that you met, you met, you just mentioned, you know, Jason Garrett, obviously mm -hmm. Ron Such, Carmen Alacqua. I mean, these people are substantially successful oh, in yeah. what they do. What was that like being in that in that environment? Well we you know, I don't know that we really appreciated any well, of, of the course stuff not. You were sixteen. Time, <laughs> but fifteen. But right. but you knew you were involved with some pretty sharp people. Sure. Like there were a couple guys, just classmates of mine, um Ralph Banks, uh, who is a professor at Stanford Law School. There you go. And uh, Brian Offit, who's an executive at a bunch of different places in at a, a media company in New York and he's right. worked at Jay Z's non business or non music businesses. Okay. Um, he worked at the New York Times, he's been in CNN, he's been in all these different um, you know, businesses as yeah. an executive. And we knew those guys were super smart and right. super sharp and they were going places. And you didn't necessarily know who was going to end up being the guy that was going to be super successful. Right. But um, you, you knew, I, I feel like that we knew that we had a real opportunity at that. So school. the percentages were better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, we yeah. had all the tools, right? Sure. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. if in a shame on us, if we weren't you successful because sure. we didn't, didn't take advantage of it. Well, so. Beachwood was sort of like that too. When I went to high school there, mm -hmm. you know, 70 in the seventies, it was really an incredible school. And you just knew some of these cats are going to be, and women. I mean, Tina Chen was uh, a year behind me, and she was in Obama's administration. Mm -hmm. You just knew she was sharp. Yep. You know what I mean? You just knew that, that and they just kind of shined. And mm -hmm. it's interesting to see that. And then the lessons that you learn. It's interesting, too, because I interviewed some of these guys later in life, and they have really are. They, you knew they were successful then, and, they were, and they're successful now. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking off the air about a guy like Ron Such. He just sold his business for a few dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you did some work with him, and he was he was a partner of yours. Yeah. Right? So did so, you learn anything from Ron? Yeah, right? I learned a ton from Ron. Okay. And so you know, it's funny how you know one of the one of the lessons that I learned from Ron, and maybe you know we taught each other was CEO, founder of Union Capital, of Union mortgage. Capital Mortgage sure. Corporation. Yeah. And so um, you know, Ron was a very successful mortgage guy, sure. and he had a mortgage company, and I was a young lawyer, yeah. and he would have weird things happen on files, and you know, they yeah, couldn't get a deal closed or whatever, yeah. and I was a young attorney, yeah. and we were friends, and he helped my wife and I buy our first house, he did our loans Me and all too. that. Yeah. Yep. So, 
he would say, Hey, you know, I got this going on. Can you, can you maybe help out? So I would swing out there after work or when I was out in Lake County, cause his office work was ethic, in Willoughby. Right? Work yeah. ethic, yeah. So I go out there, guy. we'd figure out, I'd write a few letters, whatever, and we would get stuff done. And then sure. over a year, and I, we were successful in yeah. achieving whatever the goals were. Well, generally. he probably liked your mentality. Well, yeah, and, and, and that, and yeah. you know, I, I don't think I ever sent him a bill, but there you but, go. But he yeah. helped me get my house, sure. which he didn't have to do. Right. So, and you know, and so I wasn't thinking necessarily that, oh, I'll end up going into business with this guy, but sure. he was my friend and he helped me. So I was going to help him. It didn't take a ton of effort. It took some effort, yeah. um, but it wasn't about getting paid today. It was about the long view and I didn't have any kind of master plan, but yeah. he at one point said to me, Hey, let's start a title agency. And I, I said, Ron, that. I'm a litigator. I don't know what that is. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I say to people, I in practicing law, I spent two years figuring out what I was doing, two years getting good at it, and two years trying to find something else to do. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. I like that's to great. say, I, I like to say that I put about twenty years of practice in six years. Sure. And so in those last two years, I started having the conversation with Ron, yeah. and we, he and I, set up a, a title agency called Competitive Title nice. in the year two thousand. So I left my law practice, kind of, you know walked away from my partnership in the law firm sure. and opened that company. Yeah. And so he, you know, he was my partner and his company fed us a lot of deals and we figured anything I could bring in would just be gravy. And we built it and uh, was very successful. Yep. And, um, you know, so he had the same type of work ethic that Joe Stafford had Love that it. I learned from Joe. Yeah. Um, he would also, I mean, he would really negotiate and, and there was no deal. He didn't want to lose any deal ever. He was very competitive. Yeah. And so he was always committed to making the deal work. And sure. so as a result, he got a lot of deals because, yeah. you know, there's such a ripple effect. So Joe yeah. used to tell me this story just in brief where he represented a person and she couldn't pay. So he kind of washed the bill. It wasn't a huge deal, but she got him a client who yeah. got him Big client yep. number one who no got a big doubt. client number two. So yep. you never know where that bit of kindness or bit of assistance is going to go. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. sure if Ron were here, he would tell you how he did a loan for this guy, then that person, then this yeah. person. And it just, the network just grew. And pretty soon the flywheel's running and you just answer your phone at that yes. point and execute. Yeah, I mean, because you know, you you're just, always you selling. Just perform, but, you know? Well, it just, ha yeah. it just feeds on itself. Absolutely. And, and that prepper connection. The prepper it, connection, it can, you know, you know it helps, right? It, it can always help. Sure. And so my, our kids, But you got to perform. It just opens yeah. the door, but you got to perform, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, we all have networks and we all have sure. those positive things, whether it went to Heights, Beachwood, Shaker, Hudson, sure. you know, where you came here from out of town, you know, you're going to find your people. Yep. And as long as you do good work and you take care of your clients, you, people are going to find you, um, you know, if you do things the right way. And, and so, I, yeah. And I, I want to talk about our connection mm -hmm. and also what you're now doing with Nova. Yep. After the break, we're going to come back. It's Coach Cimarroni with John Dyer from Nova Title. Uh, we are all blood. We'll see you soon. You know, we love Serve Pro of Beachwood as a sponsor. And Jack Coslin, former All-State wrestler from Beachwood, who wrestled with my producer's father every day, Maverick Peters, Scott Peters, Dr. Scott Peters, on a daily basis. They both made, made the state tournament. And that quality of making and all that foundational pieces of making the, the state tournament has served Jack well, Jack Coslin, the owner of Serve Pro of Beachwood. And you know what he needs now? He needs management help. And the 
opportunities for working with ServPro and getting a career in ServPro management have never been better. You need to seek out Jack Coslin at ServProBeachwood.com for these incredible management positions. Starting at $70,000 a year, full benefits. That's right, full benefits, absolute opportunity for growth with ServPro of Beachwood. Give Jack Coslin a call. Call Jack Coslin, ServPro of Beachwood at 216-464-4498 and mention Blood Time and Undeniable with Coach Cimarroni. want to thank John Dyer, the CEO and founder at Nova Title, our newest sponsor. They're 20 years in business with offices in Worcester and Solon to serve you. Uh, they can be found at novatitleagency.com. They're making the American dream come true with three attorneys, six licensed title agents, two e-notaries on staff, and you can close at any time uh, you're choosing. The American dream comes true at Nova Title. John Dyer and his staff will help you do so at novatitleagency.com. And we're back. Coach Cimarroni here with John uh, Dyer from Nova Title. John, we had a great foundational talk uh, the first segment, and that leads us to how we met through my brother, yep. right? My brother, Craig Cimarroni, who I think you did a few of his homes. <laughs> I've, done a, I've done a bunch that I, I jokingly refer to as the Cimarroni transaction machine. It just <laughs> and he just going. did one, right? I just And it was a a kind of a it. tough little uh, so, bump in the road kind so, of thing. So so there was an un, there was an anomaly. Okay. And so it the deal was not getting closed yeah. and um I came in and we came in and we ended up getting it closed. So yeah, that's what he told me. He says, Craig John referred to me it. as the title ninja. <laughs> exactly. Right. Which he which I it. appreciated. But <laughs> yeah. it, and again it wasn't anything necessarily super special I did. Understood. I knew yeah. who to have him get in contact with yeah. to square things up so we could do everything properly. It was a little bit of an odd situation. Right. And But the biggest thing, you know, sometimes the simplest things elude us in, sure. in the title business and in any business. And yeah. the thing that eluded the title company that lost the deal to Nova Title uh -huh. was they didn't talk to Craig early in the transaction about what was going on. Sure. And so they jackpotted him. Yeah. And that's never good. No. And then... So, Especially my brother, because he's a very analytical guy. Yeah, very even tempered, but man, he was not happy. No, you know? and you, no. you may. So have we happy. we ended yeah. up getting it done. So we were, it sure. was great to see your brother again. He always like you. He always cracks me up. It's oh, always he's, good time. He's, and I he's could the talk best. to you guys for hours. He's the best. He's ends. the best. Well, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. And you know, we met through that, but also we met through uh, a technolo te technological mm -hmm. uh, conversation about blockchain smart yep. smart contracts. I want to get into that, but I'd rather first talk a little bit about what you're doing at Nova. It's a very successful company, why you're different, and what did you bring, all, in, you know, all these foundational things that you've talked about into Nova, and what, what are you doing innovatively? Yeah, so I think that the main thing that, that, that comes out of me into mm -hmm. Nova is the fact that we'll do everything within our power to get a deal closed. Okay. Like, we will no, leave no stone unturned. And because that's how I feel... That's how everybody feels. Sure. So weird things happen in our business. So we were just talking beforehand about how um, Ante Tursanoff, the new president of Union Capital Mortgage, who works with Ron, his partner, yeah. was in my office just this past Friday 
dropping off papers that he, he, the president of the company had to go sign somebody Thursday night to get a deal done Friday. Okay. And I was talking to him and then I had to go from Solon to Ashtabula to get a set of documents that were overnighted (laughs) to a title examiner who didn't tell us they were going to be out of town. So we had a package sitting at somebody's front door where they're supposed to, they're a business person. They're supposed to be in business to take the stuff to the county to file. And we, for a number of reasons, one, the deal was supposed to close on Friday. Yeah. We didn't want the paper sitting there all weekend. Probably nothing would have happened to him, but I couldn't, I couldn't do that. So when, when I'm willing to completely blow up my day to drive all the way to Ashtabula to do something that takes 10 minutes and then drive back, obviously it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't think I was going to have to do that when I woke up, but that's what the job required that day. So every day. We have to ask ourselves, what you know, what do we have to do today to get today done? Gotcha. And we're always working forward and we're always thinking about so next thinking, week and the week it, after. And, and that's Stafford, right? It, that's it, Stafford's all, it all comes through. Yeah, it all yeah, comes yeah. through. Sure. It all carries yeah. back. I mean, yeah. you've got to have that kind of understanding that you've got to take care of the client. And if yeah. you do that, everything will be okay. And we're it's extremely gratifying mm-hmm. to be in a business where deals just come in and, you know, we're not out there buying people donuts and, yeah. you know, doing all this marketing stuff and giving right. away tchotchkes. We just take care of business and people sure. find us, yeah. you know, and we're always striving to do better with our marketing and using different technological things. So like as an example, there's a new uh, concept in Ohio where we can do something called a remote online notarization. Okay. And myself and our operations manager, Ashley Henry, are both remote online notaries. So Peter, if you're in Virginia Beach on on vacation and you've yeah. got to you got to sell a property and you can't get back to Cleveland, mm-hmm. I can essentially do a Zoom call with you. It's more high tech than that, so I'm you know boiling it down. Sure. Where you're there, I'm here. I can electronically notarize your signature after we authenticate who you are through a, a process. Okay. And then I can take that, and so I don't need a wet signature. So you don't have to go to Kinko's to print out the deed and then find a notary and then put it back in FedEx there and hope we it go. gets there. There we go. And yep. during it's COVID, coming, it's that's coming, been very helpful. It's coming helpful. around. It's coming around. And, and that's and that's the way the technology is sure. going. So we yeah. try to be very forward thinking in terms of what's going to happen with technology and how's that going to impact our business. So yeah. you, know, you came to me several years ago with a concept of utilizing blockchain and smart contracts yes, we, in yeah. real estate transactions. Yes. And we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. I just don't know when. And, you know, one of the new things, and I'll, I'll mention this just because I was thinking about it this morning, I was listening to a podcast or something on, I guess it was a podcast of Gary V. Sure. And he's all oh, about yeah. these non-fungible tokens, yes. you know, this NFTs. quarter. Yep. And I was, and so what does that, that has nothing to do with title, right? Well, maybe it does. Oh, yes, it does. So, you know, if I can take, and I just thought of this, so so it's just right. real fresh in my mind, but your title exam, we do your title exam, you buy a house, yeah. we're going to examine that title back 75 years. Yep. That back chain is never going to change. So that's an NFT. So I sell yes. that to you. And then the next time you go to sell your house, you send that to XYZ title. Yep. And then they, and then you could sell that back to them for fifty bucks. Maybe it costs sure. you two hundred. Maybe you sell it for some some money. Maybe yep. you get a royalty yep. every time that that NFT is used. Brilliant. Something like that. Yep. And so it's and all it, coming. Well, it helps me yep. because I now I'm the next title agent in line. I know that when Cimarroni bought one two three Johnson Street, mm-hmm. it was insured by First American Title. They yes. issued an owner's policy for four hundred seventy five thousand dollars. And the exam is clear back to here. So then all I have to do is update that and I can either 
you know, sell that NFT to, or you could sell it to, to me. Yeah. You know, you could assign it to me. I can then assign it to the next person. Yeah. The, the data is everything, right? Sure. And so, sure. And so that's, that's what a smart contract is. It's a clean product. It's yeah. clean. You know what I mean? As clean as possible. Mm -hmm. That's the issue we have mm -hmm. is that they're dirty, <laughs> yeah. you know, or they're raggedy at least. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so this is the issue you have with car titles, with home titles, with anything that's written. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, so we got to clean that up and that's what's coming. I mean, yep. there's no question that's what's coming. And, you know, I also wanted to, to mention quickly that I want to thank you for sponsoring the Sagafi interview. Yeah. You did that and uh, Hesh is not doing so bad either. No, right? no. I mean, Hesh Sagafi, I mean, if, if anybody doesn't know his story, it's compelling. So yes. I listened to to uh, your interview with him. Yes. Uh, he's, I've not met him. I've talked to him a couple of times, I think, on, the, yeah. on different transactions, but in his team, I think. But uh, he's somebody that, he, he's. it's a worth a listen. That it's was a, a, a self-made man yep. through pure determination and grit. Mm -hmm. I mean, that guy outworks. <laughs> uh -huh. he, he's something. And he also interviewed, uh, introduced me to the, the Amin family, which we did. And that is an incredibly successful family up mm -hmm. in Michigan. He, he has three sons that wrestled for University of Michigan. Wow. One just was an All-American. Yeah. So, uh, but he's a private wealth family, mm -hmm. you know, so it's interesting. But so we're now with Nova. How many people are working there? So we have, what are you guys we, doing? We have 22 or 23 employees. Nice. And we have um, four or five in our Worcester office. We opened up an office in Worcester, Ohio, okay. Wayne County about five years ago. And it's been a very successful office for us there. Wild, wild. So, yeah. you know, in the last census, not this census, but the 2010 census, uh, Wayne County had the highest a per capita number of millionaires. So there's a lot of money in Wayne County. When you, it's just a, it's a lovely town. The people are super sure. nice. In Northeast Ohio, it's not unusual for a realtor to own part of a title company. Okay, that is not our model at Nova Title. So we don't have any realtor partners. Understood. But but many title many realtors own part of a title company or okay. their realtor brokerage. You know Howard Han or whatever. Why do you they, want? Why do you why do you separate that church and well state? because so if if. We've just never had it. So it's kind of like you either are, you either have the business model where the realtors send you business because you provide good service and good pricing and take care of their clients. Sure. Or they send you business because they're getting money. They're getting, okay. they own part of the title company. Okay. And if they own part of the title company, some realtors will say that it's a conflict of interest. I, I mean, I feel that. Technically, yeah. it's not. It's not, but I, I get it's it. it's not. You can yeah. do it. So everybody has a different perspective. We're the, we're the title company for people that want to have a vendor that is a partner that does a good job that they can call anytime with questions and just get that great service. And that's what we provide. The other, the companies that are, their model is to have realtor owners. Sure. They provide similar services and they're right. very skilled at what they do. There are competitors. We're friendly competitors with most people in our yeah. business. You yeah. know, we're, we're all friends. Uh, we help each other out where we can. It's one of the nice parts about the title agent. It's the title business. There's a collegiality there where we're, you know, there's enough to go around. We kind okay. of figure. Okay. Um, so it's just a different perspective. And so if we wanted to, we could change our business model and we could say, okay, Nova title is opening up subscriptions and you know, you can buy 1% for X dollars or whatever. It's just not, not our model. Be, so we're yeah. not going to do it. Right. Um, so, so right now at Nova, we have six or seven kind of lines of business, if you will. Okay. So we do a lot of work for um, a couple law firms and, and where 
when they file a foreclosure action, they yeah. need a title report. Sure. Now, right now, due to uh, moratoriums, there's not a lot of foreclosures going on. Yeah, there's exactly. some, yeah. but not a lot. Um, they also, uh, when a property goes to sheriff sale, mm. they the bank often buys it back, and then they sell it as a bank-owned or REO property. Right. Uh, so we do those. We have a real good line of business where there's a new way to uh, sell properties at sheriff sale. So instead of the sheriff auctioning them off on the courthouse steps, <clears throat> they use something called the private selling officer. Okay. And they sell those in a seven day online auction. So oh. that's something that's been in, in a play for several years now. Yeah. Most of those are through auction.com. Yeah. It, it, it's a good idea. Yeah. And you know, it will, it will get higher prices. Sure. You're having a much, much larger pool. I mean, yeah. you don't have to be on the courthouse steps in Painesville on Tuesday, right? You know, to buy the property, you can Which be is so anywhere old school. in the world. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. but that's the way it was. So stuff, sure. and that that law has been on the books for eight years. Um, we do for, for sale by owners. We do a lot of refinances. We do commercial work for local banks and lawyers. We do work with um, local realtors, and then we do a lot of for sale by owners, where people are buying and selling properties on their own. So we sure. get yeah. so we have numerous lines of business that we do, and so, so we're in, a full in any of those areas, agency. that's why I should be coming to John. Yeah, I mean, those are the things we do. And so, you know, I try to manage the kind of the top end of what we do and just make sure all the trains are running on time and think about, you know, expanding our footprint and expanding our business, making sure that we're on track technologically. Um, You know, there's a whole issue of cyber crimes that we have to be aware of. We have a lot of money running through our trust accounts. We're very careful. I remember you telling me a story about somebody sending a phony and Oh, there's, there's phishing scams. So one of the biggest risks we have in title is Peterson Rowley's buying a house on Friday. You sign your papers Thursday night. You're running to the bank Friday morning to send a wire. You maybe haven't ever sent a wire before. Most people have, and I sure didn't before I got into business and you get an email from J Dyer Nova Title Agency at Gmail that says, "Hey Peter, new wiring instructions. We just switched our bank, and you wire one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars to somebody in Russia. Oh. You know, as a put, but in the email's Horrible. not from me. Right. It's from you know, I'm J Dyer at NovaTitleAgency.com. Right. But you're ripping and running. You don't have time. You're busy. Right. People don't, don't tend to read the, their yeah, emails all the time yeah, carefully. You it, yeah. So you know, knock on wood, we haven't had that happen, but it happens to people. Sure. It's a huge risk. And the industry has done a really good job of educating people, good. but we can only tell people so many times to double check their wiring instructions, to call us before they send a wire. Um, you yeah, know, people you have do to do it. it. Yeah, they have to they do have that to themselves. So, where do you see yourself in the industry going techn- technologically? Um, you know, I was thinking yesterday. I was reading this book. I'm in a program called Strategic Coach, okay. which is um, it's an interesting program, and it allows entrepreneurs to really to get together to think about how they how they conduct their affairs and how they run their business. Um, and they were talking about having a 25 year plan for growth. So I was thinking yesterday, what what has changed in our business in the last 25 years, and what's been consistent? Sure. So the things that are consistent are the things that will likely be consistent for the next 25 years. So the things that are consistent are making sure that, that have not changed is people buying and selling homes need to know what's going on. They need to have the information. They need to know what's expected of them. Right. They want to have the trust no in the surprises. title agent. No, no surprises. surprises. Yeah. They want to know what they have to do, yep. what's expected of them. And right. if there's a problem, they want to know about that. And a clean title. And, and they want to yeah. get their product. Exactly. And they want you to stand up for your company if there's an error sure. or a mistake. Yeah. Or if, yeah. You, if you do something wrong, you apologize and say, how can we make it right? Like any other business. Right. And that, so the technology has changed dramatically. It will continue to change. Mm-hmm. But as long as we focus on those things that have been consistent over time, 
it's likely that those will be what's important going forward. Now, one thing that's changed dramatically is in title is there's this kind of idea that everything has to be faster, quicker, cheaper. Yeah. And you can do that with technology. Right. But people need, I think it's really important when you're buying a house for 50000 or 500000 that you know, what are you signing? Yes. What are you, what do you owe? What are you getting? You know, what, what are you getting? <laughs> yeah. Are there easements? Any, are there restrictions? Surprises, You know, right? is yeah. title clear? Sure. Um, and when's your first payment? Yeah. Do you have to pay the insurance on your own? How, what are all these numbers on the page? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, people, and, and people often at the end of the transaction will say, well, no one told me this, no one told me that. And we say, well, this was all, you know, we showed you all this stuff you know, you've got to, you've got to be responsible at right. some level. Um, and, and, and people typically are, but so that, that personal touch of really making sure that people understand what's going on, you're not going to have that. If you're clicking through your mortgage on a DocuSign, you're not going to necessarily so understand So you need to marry that. high tech, high tech with high touch. That's exactly right. I love that. That's exactly right. And everybody should be doing that. And, and, you know, that, that's something that you have to, we don't want to make it so that you can just click through and sign your mortgage documents right. in five minutes. Right. You want to make sure. So if that's in fact the case, then we will have to, and that's okay for us. It makes our life easier, but we still have to find a way to pierce through the wash of email and communication that people get to say, these are the important things. These are the takeaways. These sure. are the bullet points. Sure. Um, and so, you know, we can do that by describing what's going on in a transaction in YouTube videos, which we've done, awesome. you know, we can have we can experiment with with, with chatbots, sure. you know, to to or communicate or podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. there's lots of ways Educating we can people. Right. Well, and so and yeah. so those are the things. I mean, sure. the, what the communication tools that we have in our in our back pocket now right. are so diffuse. You have to go where the people are. Yeah. And so and that's why you know podcasting is such a great. It's just grown so much because yes. people have the desire to listen to the content. If nobody okay. was listening, there wouldn't be podcasts. Anywhere. And it's got to be compelling and intellectual. Yeah. You know and and, and educational, if you will. Mm -hmm. And this has been great. Yeah. This I've, has been great. So, and you see, you see blockchain, smart contracts in the future, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's coming. It's just a question of when, I mean, sure. The concept I always, I, I always think about, so what, I took a year off of law school and I traveled around the world Love and I, I was in, I was in Barcelona nice. and I didn't have to speak Spanish to know where the train was going because sure. there was this line, I, there was this line and it started out the first stop, yeah. and when you, and it just advanced, and the second stop, it just turned green, and sure. it just kept going. Yeah. So a smart contract should be like that. You have the buyer yes. and the seller, and yeah. we're getting to the middle. Right. And once we get to the middle, we have a closed deal, and everything washes out. Yeah. Everything flows out. Right. And everyone knows the inputs that are required. Sure. And we'll get there, and it might be sooner. Mm -hmm. You know. So whether it'll be in my business lifetime, it probably will. Yeah. And so the main thing that we have to do is to adapt. Sure. And be cognizant of what's coming and, and what bring the, the humanity are. with it, though. Yeah. And bring the humanity with it. So yeah, that and not and not be afraid of it sure. because you know we're going to yeah. get left in the dust. I I joke with our my colleagues at Nova Title. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be the guy that wins the last taxi cab medallion auction in New York City <laughs> before Uber comes to town. Exactly right. Like we want to be aware of right. what's out there and what's exactly. coming. We don't want to be left in the dust. I remember you say that to me. That's exactly right. It's very very bright, and very astute. Yeah. Uh, and so. John Nova's doing great. You, you're keeping your eye on the on the ball and on the future. You know we like to leave um, our audience and the guest uh, uh, with this one thing. Obviously, coming out of 
let's let's talk about something that's inspirational or mm-hmm. something that's you know positive. Leave the audience with something that's that that you feel is in the future. So, so we we talked a little bit about people's backgrounds, my background, and 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 you know where you went to school, sure, and who you're connected with, and how it's helpful to have this connection or that connection. Yes, I, I think that you just you make your own luck, you make your own connections. Right. If you want something, you can achieve it. I it might it. be difficult. You might have to grind. You know, there's no shortcut. If Peter, sure. if there's a shortcut to success, I sure haven't found it. Right. It's work. Yeah. It's caring. It, it, it's really f- having that focus, mm-hmm. having accountability, doing the hard things that people don't want to do, but you do them. Yeah. That's what, that's what is going to drive success. Yeah. And if you can do those things, you'll be successful. And it doesn't have to be about making money or whatever. It can be in anything that you do, sure. whether it's in a nonprofit you work with or a church group or a sport team. I mean, you're coaching. Yeah. Why do you do that? You do it because you're committed to it. It's part of you. Yes. You love it. You derive many positives from it. Yeah. You may or may not be making a lot of money at it, but it's well, just something, it's, yeah. just, it's just what yeah. you do. It's you. Right. Right. So right. find those things. This is the reason for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe, you, know. you know, find those sure. things and do them. And don't yeah. worry about what anybody says or thinks or, you know, what some scoreboard says of what you're supposed to be doing or should be doing or should have or shouldn't have. Yeah. Just do what you love and everything else will come together. I love that. And I, I know that you said this about Carmen Alacqua. But it sounds like this really resonates with you is that you mean what you say, you say what you mean, and yep. you do what you say you're going to do. Yep. And that's what I hear coming from John Dyer and Nova Title. Yep, that's that right. You, that's, and that's why my brother loves you guys. <laughs> so, uh, well, John, thank you so much for coming here. Yeah, man. no, I appreciate the opportunity. Peter, you're fantastic. I mean, this, was, you. this, this flew by, yep. and we're going to spend another double this time to talking about it so good luck with nova title thank you very much stay strong yep always coming out of this thing and you're gonna do great thanks it's It's coach cimarroni for blood time the c-suite forum and i'm looking at the married maverick peters our producer extraordinaire god bless you mav uh thanks for listening guys men women if you want to look great what are you doing why aren't you calling cimarroni couture this is coach cimarroni Call Missy, our CEO. We'll take care of you. 216-496-2592. Pick up the phone. Get those shirts, sport coats, suits, pants, dresses, whatever you need. Finest fabrics. Best tailoring on the planet. And right here locally. We'll come to your home. We'll come to your office. Or you can come to us. Whatever's your pleasure. Give Missy a call. Cimarroni Couture. Give Missy a call, 216-496-2592. Cimarroni Couture, C. Peter Cimarroni Coach. We are all blood. Love to all.